Welcome to War Cry Podcast. We are four native uh, indigenous women uh, at the Yakima Reservation in uh, central Washington state. Uh, we have some bonus content and epilogue uh, notes for you today. Hi, so the last episode we had actually talked about uh, Atwai Vanessa Guillen and that her body was found outside of uh, Fort Hood, Texas. And I actually wanted to update about that. When we had aired it at the time, it wasn't confirmed that it was her. Unfortunately, as of July 6th, it was confirmed that it was her body. She was missing for two months before her body was discovered by the Leon River by a search team. Uh, and it was confirmed by DNA uh, earlier this week. And so one thing that we wanted to bring out about that is that locally, they're gonna be having an event in Pasco. Well, locally for us, it's about an hour away uh, to the Tri-Cities, but uh, July 11th at noon at the Pasco Albertsons, 1330 North Ave. And it's just gonna be like a gathering um, for justice. So those who had confessed and had been associated with her murder, um, Aaron Robinson and uh, his girlfriend, Cicely Aguilar have, um, unfortunately Aaron uh, had committed suicide before anything uh, legally could have taken place. His girlfriend Aguilar is in custody. One of the things we wanted to bring out about this particular case is that her family uh, is demanding an investigation by non-military, but that they're uh, advocates. And that's something that we also see uh, in our native communities is that families are big advocates when it comes to someone missing or some kind of injustice. Um, so that's something we could always relate to on that end, especially uh, being from tribal communities. And just on a personal note, you know, whenever we hear something about this, I have my mother who lives in the house. She listens to a lot of the stuff that I listen to. And she just kept saying that, you know, the poor girl and her family. So that's something that's always in our thoughts is that our, our prayers and thoughts are with her family as they go through this. One of the things that also came about this is that we know that native people have the highest rate per capita in joining the armed services and you know this isn't going to be an issue that's just about the latino uh, the latinx and latina community uh, i'm sure that it'll probably come up with native american uh, women and men in the military or we would like to know if there's anything you have any thoughts about this or what it brings up to you as Native communities, we have a very high respect and honor for those uh, who we call warriors, for those who are veterans, for those who are serving. It's definitely a hard thing to talk about because like the League of the United uh, Latin American Citizens, uh, LULAC, they're actually calling for women not to enlist in the army. So that's something that I know may hit people in different areas. We just wanna know your opinion on your thoughts, what you think about this issue. This is something we've been following pretty closely. Um, one of the other things that have come up is that as a team, we want to respect those who have gone on. So sometimes you'll be hearing us refer to them as Atwai. So when uh, we talk about Atwai Vinisigian, we'll say Atwai and um, we would actually like to have our um, our elder that we have here, uh, Patsy, kind of explained what Atwai is and why we use it. So throughout our language, uh, 
you know, that we have with the Yakama Nation or our, well, all tribes in the United States have a, a special endearing term that they use. And in this case, uh, Robin has used the term Atwai. And when I think about that, I, you know, it automatically makes me think about our ancestors, our loved ones. And so when we talk about, uh, you know, the story that we're talking about today or any other individual who may have gone, um, who may be murdered or may have gone uh, missing for numerous years. Uh, this is a term that we'll be using out of respect, you know, for the individual, but also out of respect for the family. Um, and it's one, and just on this topic, we also want to be in a, a prayerful way of thinking as well, um, because it does hit home for many of us here, you know, in our homelands here in the Northwest, while we, we are here on the Yakima Reservation. We are also a part of the broader region because our relationship is throughout the Northwest, particularly amongst our you know, plateau tribes of the Warm Springs, um, the Umatilla, the Yakima, the Nez Perce. And so we have, we share common history, common language, common uh, familial relationships that we have with family as well. And so, we want to be, we're mindful of this uh, every time we come up with this topic and all of our relationships that we have. For instance, today I'm here near the um, Columbia River and when I'm, uh, you know, near the river here, it just, uh, you know, makes me think about all of this and all of our shared history, our shared language that we have with one another and our shared ways of greeting one another. And so similarly in using this term, it's out of respect again for the families uh, that are, you know, who've gone through difficult times and in this topic is also going through difficult times as well. Uh, for instance, myself, it's, it has taken me a long time to even be able to talk about, you know, the, the loss of my my sister who is still missing today. And so I wanna just be respectful of the work that our young ladies are doing here and teaching me along the way as well. And so just wanna be uh, thankful to Robin and our young ladies for this important work that they're doing with Lao. Oh. Thank you so much, Patsy. It's really important to hear about, you know, ongoing cases and updates. Um, of course, you know, explaining out what some of the terms are that we use. We hear this term in some of our language all the time. Like sometimes I don't even know which age I was when I found out that some of the words weren't English words. <laughs> um, and we probably all have that. So, you know, we're really trying to uh, explain some of these things out for you as those questions come in. And we also have other updates that are happening nationally. Um, you know, how does this national case connect to true crime and what we have to talk with you about? What does it mean for Oklahoma? And Lucy's going to just give a really brief highlight of a landmark uh, Supreme Court decision. So um, published today, which is July 9th, the U.S. Supreme Court deems half of Oklahoma as a Native American reservation according to Reuters.com. When I came across this headline, I was really surprised by the Supreme Court decision. So I'm just gonna read a quick excerpt from their article here. So the US Supreme Court on Thursday recognized about half of Oklahoma as Native American reservation land and overturned a tribe's member rape conviction 
because the location where the crime was committed should have been considered outside the reach of state criminal law. So of course the justices ruled five to four in favor of a man named Jimmy McGurr and agreed that the site of the rape should have been recognized as a part of a reservation based on the historical claim of the Muscogee Creek Nation beyond the jurisdiction of state authorities. So what this means is that for the first time, much of Eastern Oklahoma is legally considered reservation land. So more than 1.8 million people live in the land at issue, including roughly 400,000 in Tulsa, Oklahoma's second largest city. So this is something that's completely from Reuters. I definitely am gonna keep an eye out on this to see what happens in the state of Oklahoma and what is going to be happening, what that means for the Oklahoma tribes that it impacts. So I just wanted to bring that up today as an update for July 9th. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. And of course, knowing that, you know, these crimes that the Supreme Court are connected to actual cases and that these cases are now going to have to be retried, the victims and the families of those victims are going to have to go through an additional process. We're thinking of that, those families and friends of those individuals. You know, this isn't an easy uh, thing to always think about in terms of a victory because the state went there. The state of Oklahoma went there. They, they went to, con wanted to confirm their rights so bad that they were willing to say that no reservation land exists in Oklahoma. Um, so that's why it reached this level and has been brought out to this way. And so I can, when I first saw the article, of course, I teach this content from a policy and everything else. Yeah, a lot of things come up with that because, you know, you're reaffirming, you're saying, of course, there's this agreement with Congress. And on the other side, I think, what are these families going through? And how would I feel if my family member was hurt? And then I saw that person's name next to it with victory next to it and celebration you know, there's multiple sides to this and multiple truths for this as a Native people. And I, I think we just have to keep that in mind as we're uh, celebrating this actual land, landmark case regarding land and also knowing that there's still a process to continue on. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us today for this epilogue and bonus content. You can follow us on our different platforms. Anchor has all of them listed out. Uh, if you uh, like and share, we really appreciate it. And again, like Robin had mentioned, if you have a story or uh, something to share and an experience with us, please reach out to us. Our email is uh, available on the different channels. And again, I'm Emily Washings. We have uh, co-hosts Robin Pibashi, Patsy Whitefoot, and Lucy Smartlowick. Uh, thank you very much, Chef Petrine.